In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we adore you, we praise you, and we thank you for this opportunity to be together. I thank you for the immense joy, the immense gift of meeting for the first time these brothers and sisters on the other part of the United States in California. I thank you for this technology that we can be together in this way. My Lord, we know that you have a perfect plan for this time. Therefore, we submit ourselves totally into your sacred heart, through the Immaculate Heart, our Most Holy Mother, in union with St. Joseph. I abandon myself totally as your insignificant vessel, so that it is you, Jesus, and our Blessed Mother, who can speak whatever it is you wish to say to these beautiful sons and daughters of yours. That this time together be for the glory of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And to continue to open our hearts to allow the Holy Spirit to transform us as men and women in the image and likeness of God. So that love can triumph through us. Our Blessed Mother, cover us with your mantle on this Saturday, your day your mantle of purity. Open our hearts to hear what it is that you want us to hear and open Maria and I's mouths to speak what you want us to speak. Cover these means of communication in each of us with the precious blood of your son and protect us from any snares of the devil. Amen. Ever since Betty invited me to, to speak with you. He had asked me to begin by giving a testimony and explaining to all of you who many of you have the simple path to union with God, what this path is and how this path came about. So I began to pray like I always do, my Lord, what, it is, what is it that you want me to, to say? to these beautiful souls in California. And the Lord has placed absolutely nothing specific in my heart. <laughs> and a, a priest, a retired priest that, that lives with my family and I, gave me one Bible verse this morning. And he said, this is what the Lord wants from you, Lourdes. So it's from Matthew. And it says... Verse 19, do not be anxious about how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. So I realized that I needed to have the vulnerability. I'm very much a teacher 
And I'm very used to giving very organized teachings as the spirit inspires me, <laughs> as Maria knows. So I think this is the first time ever that I come to a group with no paper and no notes, just to speak to you from the heart so that I can get out of the way. And it is our Lord and our Blessed Mother who can say whatever they want today through me in order to, to speak to each of you. So let me begin by introducing myself. My name is Lourdes Pinto. I am married. Peter and I have been married for 43 years. We have eight children, seven sons, and one daughter. She's our eighth. She was the gift of Our Lady of Guadalupe for us. So her name is Lourdes, also named after our Blessed Mother. My husband and I are now expecting our 14th grandchild. So this is very much who I am. I am wife, very proud of that. Maria, do you want to give a little introduction? I'll speak sure. about Love Crucified in a minute. I have been at the side of Lourdes from a long time, because even before we started with Love Crucified, the Lord already put in my heart this beautiful lady that I knew I needed to accompany whatever she was going to go. So my name is Maria Hicken. I started with her as a homeschool mom. So that was many years before we started Love Crucified Community. I'm also married and I'm also a grandmother. I have seven children, five of them adopted. So I have two Russians, one Ukrainian, two African-Americans, and then one Spaniard and another one born in the United States. So I really have a little bit of everywhere in my heart and in my home. And that, I think that's about it, what I can say, that this, the teachings of love crucified for me have given meaning to my life. I was said to the Lord, thank you for giving sense to my life, for everything got connected when I knew what it was, the call that I had. And the Lord called us from the moment that he conceives us. So it's just putting every little part of it together to understand who we are. So love crucified. Before the community began in 2008, but before that I got the calling in 2006. Peter, my husband and I with six of our children went on a pilgrimage, which ended in Mejigori. Now the Lord prepared me for this call through a beautiful, blessed, maybe many of you know her, blessed Conchita. She's the Mexican mystic who was also wife and mother. A friend of mine gave me one of her books in 2004, and that was the beginning of the work of the Holy Spirit in my heart. I began to really fall in love with Jesus crucified. He became my one and my all. And it began a beautiful and profound, deep spiritual walk. So in 2006, 
at the end of our pilgrimage in Mezhagori, one early morning, my husband was still sleeping and all my children, I heard an invitation very clear in my heart. I had never heard or knew what it was to hear the voice of God so clearly in your heart. And it was very short invitation. And I heard the Lord say to me, will you be my victim soul? So at that moment, I feel like God always prepares us in advance. I said, yes. I said, yes, in the most simple way that my heart is as a mother. Um, Mary is my mother. And I said, she is the victim, mother united to her son. If I want to truly follow Jesus Christ and follow his mother, I say yes. So not having the slightest idea what I was saying yes to or not really understanding what the invitation was or what it meant to be a victim soul, I simply said yes. And from that yes, that simple yes, began this whole walk. That was the beginning of the simple path to union with God. The Lord began to form me in the type of victim soul that he specifically wants for these decisive times. I was amazed because the words of the Lord in my heart began to come like military talk. <laughs> I'm forming my warriors for these decisive times. I'm forming my army of men and women, courageous men and women of all walks of life, of all different orders, of all different religious communities, to be my army, to be our Blessed Mother's army, to fight the great battle that is upon you. This was the type of voice that was coming to my heart. But I needed a profound formation and I began to receive it. In 2008, without us even planning it, the community of Love Crucified began with, I think, four of us praying together Father Jordy is the founding father priest with me, Love Crucified. The Lord united me to him for spiritual direction. And through his guidance, all of this began. So we have now been walking all these years. And the Lord began to invite us to write the simple path because it was meant for the whole church. Now, in Love Crucified, we have never recruited. We have never fundraised, nothing. I had no idea how more Mothers of the Cross would come. Yet today I can tell you that we have Mothers and Missionaries of the Cross from different states in the United States, from Mexico, Colombia, Spain, and Switzerland. Am I forgetting? I think that's it. We also so, have Honduras. Honduras. So the Lord began to expand his work in this way. 
So the simple path is an experience of life. I always tell everybody it's not a book you read. It's in the form of a book, but it's a way of life you live. The goal of the simple path, the Lord says it's simple because it is actually very simple. Yet to live it is very difficult for us because we as human beings, because of our woundedness and our brokenness, and we are so complicated, <laughs> but God is so simple. And he wanted, he knew the difficult times that all of us have been chosen by God to live in. And he wanted to form us in a way that we would be prepared, not only individually for ourselves to be transformed in Christ and through Christ into the unity of the most holy trinity, to live this profound union with God here on earth, to experience the goodness the love, the mercy, the power, the majesty personally with God in our lives here on earth, but to also be formed men and women warriors for the battle that now has begun in the world. The spiritual goal of the simple path to union with God is to take us very profound into our hearts and to open our hearts in a way that God can begin to purify us, to empty us of all our darkness, of all the lies we have come to believe about ourselves. Why? Because it is all a blockage to union with God. It's as if the more we allow God to purify us, to cleanse us, to empty us, the more veils drop from the eyes of our hearts so that we can live more and more in this profound union with God, knowing him in the sanctuary of our heart, which the Catechism of the Catholic Church calls our conscience. So the Lord first began, the beginning was always united to our Blessed Mother, consecration to Our Lady. It is only with Mary that any of us can reach the cross. And it is only through the cross that we can enter the fullness of union in the power of the Holy Spirit. That is why Satan has done so much to scare people about the cross. I was shocked. I was very innocent when I began this mission because I know that every priest is ordained priest victim. Yet to my great surprise, I realized and I found out that the majority of priests, the minute I mentioned victim soul, wanted nothing to do <laughs> with what I had to say. They did not understand. And that was such a mystery for me. How could it be that our priests that are ordained, priest victim, 
have no idea what it really means and how to live the victimhood um, dimension of their priesthood, which is where the greatest power is. And I've learned a lot, and the Lord has given me the opportunity to come to know many priests in different religious orders. And now the path has been in the hands of many priests in different parts of the country, in different religious communities, who have found a means to come to know on a daily basis how to live that victimhood dimension of their priesthood on a regular, ordinary, daily life. So that is, is one of the blessings. So after we get consecrated, it is our Blessed Mother, just as she took Mary Magdalene and the other holy women and St. John, they all made it. Very few made it to the cross. But those that were united to our Blessed Mother made it to the cross. St. Louis de Montfort tells us, Jesus has many friends of the banquet, but very few friends of the cross. And that is why I see more and more that there is, that is why there are such few men and women that truly have been transformed. We have a lot of good men and women. We have a lot of good priests, but we lack transformed men and women. And that is what the world needs right now. And that is what our Lord desires. Men and women that have the guts, the courage, to enter the deepest recesses of our heart to see the ugliest parts of ourselves, the darkness within ourselves that we love to keep hidden. How easy it is to put on masks, but how difficult it is to allow the Holy Spirit to remove our masks to remove all our fakeness, to bring us to be totally unveiled before him, naked before our God, so that he can dress us in the gowns, the linen white gowns that it tells us in the book of Revelation, of the pure ones, the ones that have been washed and cleansed with the blood of Christ. That takes courage. That takes love. And that is the goal of God in the simple path to union with God. So that in chapter two, he brought us to the foot of the cross with Mary to give you an idea. Our community spent about an entire year at the foot of the cross. So you have it in a short chapter, but it gives you an idea of how you don't read. That's why I'm saying you live. And the Lord brought us during that time to the beautiful teachings of St. Catherine of Siena. And we learned, he taught us the importance to be at the foot of the cross was the gift of the Holy Spirit of knowledge because most of us do not know ourselves. And of course, we don't know God very well either. So 
So the Holy Spirit, when you begin to pray honestly with Mary and you kiss the feet of Jesus and you say, okay, begin to give me the self-knowledge I need at this moment in my life. Grant me the grace to see something in my heart that you want to reveal to me. And we were amazed at what God begins to do when we give him permission. It's as if the moment we begin to ask the Holy Spirit for the gift, because it is a gift of self-knowledge, he actually gives it to us. (laughs) And sometimes that's the hard part. Because that knowledge can come in an inspiration in prayer. It can come from scripture. But most of the time, self-knowledge comes from those we live closest with. So my husband will give me self-knowledge. My children will give me self-knowledge. Communities, brothers to brother. And boy, when they tell us something about ourselves, sometimes it doesn't. It's not so easy, right? Yet when we sit with it in prayer and really allow God to take us deep, a beautiful gift is given to us. And that's the gold of precious repentance. That is living in divine mercy. We can't receive mercy and enter into mercy if we don't receive the knowledge of what's wrong with us, the knowledge of what has to be healed in us, the knowledge of what's broken in us. And then God begins through the humility of repentance to begin to transform us. So that's a little bit about time. I'm going to, I think, give you an overall of the path and let you ask questions. And then maybe if it is God's will that I come again, we can focus on maybe one particular part of the path because so much is involved. But this is an area that the Lord began to reveal to us is important, our wounds. Why? Because as long as we live stuck in our wounds, we're actually stuck at being stuck in an elevator. And if you ever think of a pit, if you're in the bottom of a hole, your vision of life is very limited. You can only see up. You can only see very little. That's how most of us live our lives. We live stuck in our wounds. Therefore, our ability to see is so limited. The Lord, for me years ago, the experience I had is I was already married. I got married young. I already had quite a few children. My husband and I have a beautiful marriage. He loves me dearly. Yet, even with all these blessings in my life, I felt this profound emptiness deep within my heart. And I felt there was a part of me that was like dying inside. And I don't know, I'm 
I'm maybe older than some of you, but I remember growing up watching Tarzan. I used to love Tarzan, but I, it's as if that part of my life, I was in quicksand. I don't know if you ever remember the movies that the people would fall in the quicksand. It was like this slow sucking. That's how I felt my life was. In the outside, everything seemed perfect. But in the inside, something was not right. And one day, I began to sense the Lord reaching out to me with a, a wooden cross. And one day in prayer, I held out my hand and I grabbed it. And I felt I was pulled out. And that was very significant because it was through the cross that Jesus came to pull me out of my own darkness to bring me into the light. So the Lord began to reveal to me the power of the hidden life. And how did he do it? In the most ordinary of my life, very much like St. Therese of the Little Flower. And I'll give you two examples because they were the two examples that impacted my formation in the hidden life as a victim soul the most. The first one was when my son Alex, who is now 23, was about four years old. And at the time I was homeschooling most of my children and I came into the kitchen and I was preparing breakfast and in comes this little boy and something happened. I'm a mom and I'm very much used to being very affectionate and kissing my children and motherhood has been the highlight of my life. So that, but something different happened that morning. I got on my knees and I gave him a hug and it's as if time stopped. And I knew I just received a grace. It's as if I knew without a doubt that the hug I gave Alex was received by children throughout the world that were in desperate need of a mother's hug. And that someday in heaven, I would meet and know those children. It was a moment of grace I will never forget. It was an instant, but I never hugged or in it. I was changed forever. The mother as a wife, because the Lord revealed to me that when we enter and live our lives, in Jesus crucified, just like the multiplication of the bread, every act of love in God touches and has an impact throughout the world. The second experience I had, at that time, I was the head of the Catholic Homeschooling Association of South Florida. And so many mothers that were being called to homeschool would come to me and I would give them like the training 
the how-tos of homeschooling. And you can imagine when we begin that call, it, we're all so nervous. So all these nervous women would come to me and I would spend hours with them, showing them, giving them the courage to, to answer the call, answering all their questions. So one morning I'm in the Blessed Sacrament and I'm in prayer and I feel the Lord asks me, Lord, what do you think was the most pleasing thing you did the day before. Of course, thinking like with my human, thinking immediately, I said, the women I helped yesterday teaching them to homeschool because humanly speaking, we tend to judge things according to how many people we impact or how much time we spent doing that. So that was my immediate answer. And the Lord said to me, no, that was not the most pleasing act of, of that pleased us the most. And he brings to my memory at the end of my day that night, the night before, I was in the habit. My children would always want to drink chocolate milk before bed. So having eight children, I had the lineup <laughs> on my kitchen counter, eight little glasses of milk. And I would put the, you know, and stir each one. And that night, each glass represented one of my children. And from the depths of my heart, as I was stirring that chocolate milk, I was praying for each of them, but in the most profound way. Now, nobody saw this act. I even forgot it. It was the many things we do we don't even think about. The Lord reveals to me that act was the most pleasing act to God that I did that day, making chocolate milk. <laughs> Boy, what a lesson from God that was for me. That began to transform life, to see the most insignificant, the most boring, because the world was telling me, your life as a woman is not worth much of anything. Spending your day cleaning dirty diapers, <laughs> breastfeeding, looking like a mess most of the time, you're not doing anything. And yet the Lord began to reveal to me that most hidden life because I began to see my home, especially homeschooling, I was home a lot that began to become my domestic monastery. And the bell was constantly ringing. I think a lot more than maybe the bell rings for, for these beautiful monks that, and brothers I'm seeing down there. But I had to learn to listen to the bell. And my life of prayer was of the essence. I fell in love with Jesus in the Eucharist, how much the Eucharist has to be the center of our lives. And I would go to the Blessed Sacrament very early every morning. My husband would stay with the children. If I was breastfeeding, I would bring them with me. But more and more, the Blessed Sacrament became the center. The Eucharist became the center of my life. And that is where the hidden life began to be revealed to me.
And the Lord began to reveal to me his hidden life in the Eucharist. And how our hidden life has to become one with his hidden life in the Eucharist. And that the power of God is in the Eucharist. And that as we live our hidden lives, united to him, more and more as victim souls, we become living hosts. And that is what Conchita would teach the church, is the mystical incarnation. But my brothers and sisters, the mystical incarnation is a grace that God wants to give all of us. But it is not possible outside of the cross. Oh, do not fear the cross. The cross is the place of transformation. The cross is the place of freedom. The cross is the place of encountering and living in love. cross is the place of the greatest joy and happiness in our lives. Satan has done so much to make us fear the cross. They wanted me years ago to change the word victim soul. From another priest that was not part of our community said, it's not going to go well for all of you. Nobody is going to respond to your call. <laughs> and they came to me and said, Lourdes, maybe we should not say victim souls. Let's give it a, something, another name. <laughs> and I took it to prayer and I said, my Lord, what do you want? And he didn't beat around the bush with me. He didn't say, he said to me, Will you be my victim soul? And I had to say yes or no. I did not understand. I was scared. So do not be scared. It is a blessing Satan doesn't want us to have. So from there, the Lord brings us and the whole path is not to keep us at the foot of the cross, is to bring us into Christ crucified. We speak so much about the sacred heart as like a romance. We have all these beautiful pictures of the sacred heart. And we have these devotions to the sacred heart. But how few people live consumed in the fire of the sacred heart. My brothers and sisters, the sacred heart is full of love and full of suffering, pain, because God who is perfect love has infinite pain for us. You are ordinary men and women, mothers and fathers like I am. If we can understand that from a human perspective, why do we suffer so much with our children? Because we love them so much. Why do we suffer so much with our spouses? 
because we love them. You cannot separate love and pain. And when we learn to unite our suffering to Christ, we come to touch his love. And that is why the motto of our community is this. There were words from our Lord to us. He said, suffer all with me, no longer two but one, in my sacrifice of love. Suffer all. How difficult. It's so simple. But boy, it's so hard for us. I still, I'm struggling all the time. Maria is like my spiritual accompanier. (laughs) And she's amazing. And she's constantly helping me remember. When we get piercings of rejection, humiliation, we're as mothers, as fathers, how unappreciated are we? But I can never come to know the suffering of our Lord for being unappreciated if in my heart I never suffer the pain of being unappreciated. If everything we suffer, rejection, betrayal, humiliations, misunderstandings, They're all in the heart of Jesus Christ. Our self wants us to remain stuck. And that is the beauty of the simple path with our wounds. A lot of psychology is so good. But it keeps us still focused in our own woundedness. In chapter three of the simple path, the Lord taught us the simplest, but psychologically, emotionally, the most powerful way of healing. He taught us to draw our wound into his wounds. The work of the Holy Spirit is to take us out of ourselves and bring us into Christ. And that is so powerful with our wounds because we all have wounds. And when we learn to suffer our brokenness and woundedness in Christ, our wounds are transformed in him. And they actually become the chalice Think of the chalice when the priest gets the chalice and cleans it. That's our heart and those are our wounds. They're contaminated, each of our wounds, with lies about ourselves that Satan planted in those wounds from long ago. They've been infected. Our disordered selves comes from those infections. And when we place those wounds in Christ, he begins to heal them and to unite them. And as he empties those wounds, he doesn't get rid of them. 
That's the beauty. He transforms them into his living chalice and he fills those wounds that we each carry with his blood, his life. So that now more like St. Paul, it is not we that live, my brothers and sisters, but Christ and his love and his mercy and his healing power moving through us. We become the living chalice. That is the simple path to union with God. I don't know how long I've been speaking. Um, <laughs> and I'll end in the book, we mentioned what we've learned about victims and that the path is not finished. We're still living it in our community. In the past two years, the Lord has taken us deep into the nails. Chapter four, the three nails of crucifixion. So that we need to put into writing someday. But the end of the path is important. Chapter eight, and I'm going to end. I feel the Lord wants me to end with that. What is chapter eight? The times were the, the signs of the times. In chapter eight, we cover the prophecies from the church, from our popes, approved apparitions from our blessed mother and many of the saints. And it ends with prophecies given to our community for the world for these times. My brothers and sisters, we have entered the decisive battle. What is happening in the world that we're seeing with this pandemic is worldwide. It's worldwide. Satan's destruction wants to bring forth a new world order of his destruction, of communism. More and more we see they're using the pandemic, they're using this to take away more and more our freedom to choose. We must understand, we must understand, we must see with the eyes of God, the decisive times. Because if we are going to be warriors in this most hidden life he's given each of us, we have got to know how to battle. And that is the most beautiful preparation of the path and one that you're all also walking. It is a spiritual battle against the forces of Satan. And it is Jesus Christ pierced the darkness of Satan through the power of his divine love in the cross. It is only the power of love that can pierce the darkness. And that is why we need to be men and women transformed. And we are so blessed to be living in these times. Why? Because we have the grace from God to become saints at a much faster pace than most saints did from the past. It's really a blessing. God
God is pouring out his graces to make the saints that Saint Louis the Munford talked about. Our blessed mother saints of the end times, these are us. And it takes one thing. I had to say yes. That was it. The Lord didn't give me this long explanation. I had the choice to say yes or no. And if I am here and if each of you received the simple path to union with God, that was not my doing. That was God's doing it. If you got this book, it's because each of you are being called by the Lord and are being asked the same question. Will you be my victim souls? And he waits for your answer. And that is the only reason you have that path. Because God does want to make you a saint. And the only reason that he brought me here to speak to each of you today.